You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the games edition. A gaming podcast for people who want honest opinions by freaks with nothing better to do with their time. Here's Roger and his crew. It's funny because I was editing last week's podcast and I was like taking out all the sound of my folks coughing as much as I could. And uh, this week it's me. Yeah, hey. <laughs> so, so for ev- everybody who was listening, yes, I caught the folks cold that was in episode, the last episode. And y- no, those episodes still have not been released. And see point number one, why? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a really, really long week with this. So the, for the most part, the episodes are edited. I just haven't had a chance to finish it off and upload them all. So that's that uh they will be out obviously this week along with the rest of the stuff from uh from this week the podcast for this week that being said though we had a fairly interesting week this week with uh with pax but before we get into the pax news i figured i wanted to talk about something first of all now joe you said you didn't even bother installing epic citadel on your iphone correct Correct. And you you never did upgrade or did you downgrade back to 3.x because of the 4.0 kills your 3G? I will be downgrading to the 3.x. I haven't yet, but I'm going to be. See, my 3G is uh, still 3. whatever it is because I never bothered getting 4 because I'd heard it kills it. It and does. So, and so I, don't, I don't know if you can even install. I know you can't install Epic Citadel on... Uh, anything below four, I don't know if it's 4.2 or four, but you can't install it on. That being said, even if the 3G had it, I don't know how well it would run the Unreal Engine 3 on it. I'd Probably not very good at all. I mean, yeah. especially with, uh, if I had an iPhone 4, I'd be all over it. But I just don't, it doesn't have the RAM for it. It, it barely has the RAM to run uh, the Final Fantasy game. Yeah. Barely. So I did install it on my iPod though, which... I talked about this in our forums. Oh, the joys of backing up a 64 gigabyte iPad. It literally took me a day and a half to do the backup. And then it took me another day to do all of the restore afterwards after it had done the OS upgrade. Now, I did install Epic Citadel. And like I said on the site as well, it is amazing. Now, People are, I've been reading different things about this, and people have to realize again that it's not a game. It's a proof of concept for what the Unreal Engine 3 can do on the iPhone or the iPad or the um, the uh, the iPod Touch. It is absolutely astounding how good this looks. Now, I'm going to cycle through some screenshots for the folks who are watching us live here. When you're walking through this little village in the inner wall kind of thing when you're looking at the clothes that are hanging on the uh, the clotheslines they're like kind of swaying in the breeze the sunlight the lens flares kind of things the cobblestone path the 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 light from the little lanterns and whatnot and then when you walk into the the church the reflections off the tiles everything in here is absolutely gorgeous and then you can move around there's two uh, there's dual analog sticks so you can move around same as you would on a console kind of thing 
and uh, it's very very easy to to move around you get the hang of it very quickly and the movement is nice smooth you walk outside of the castle walls kind of things and the village walls and then when you're looking at the sky there's like a depth to it like you really feel like you're in this world there's some tents set up for what would be kind of like a little bizarre or something like that and you get closer to those tents and it is amazing like you can you can see the texture the folds and the fabric and everything the downside was that the even though it was obviously windy because the trees are moving the tents didn't budge and they were collision collision objects so you couldn't actually move a flap to walk in if there was a space to walk in you could but otherwise you couldn't the the water was only so-so i wasn't crazy about the water effects including the river and the uh, the waterfall and then of course the coastline there's absolutely no effect on the water on the coastlines it's basically just a a straight picture kind of thing that's all it is but again you got to appreciate that they they only had so much so many resources to use for this well, not only that, water is a tough tough nut to crack on any system, even the high-end gaming systems. Yeah. I mean, water can still look like shit. Yeah. So that said, again, this is amazing. This is absolutely astounding, and it makes me very, very excited for what we can expect down the line because, quite frankly, they're building – Project Sword with this. Now we're expecting that closer to holiday season, so they got lots of time to fix any bugs and to change it and to add everything else to it. But this is absolutely amazing. I was so impressed, and I'm glad that I took the time to to make sure that I could look at this because it's worth seeing what the future of iPhone and iPad gaming is going to be. Well, and I think that's really important to note because I mean. Look at the iPad. iPad came out. Everybody was very happy with its gaming experience, you know, um, so far. At least I haven't really heard too many bad things about it. But then you take a look at, you know, the the iPhone after that. The iPhone 4 came out and had twice as much RAM in it, similar processor. And it just makes you think what the next leapfrog is going to be for the type of iPad plus all the other tablet uh, type of PCs that are going to be coming out. It's, it's sort of setting the bar, and I can't wait. Yeah, definitely. So that's enough of that. Now we are going to talk a little bit about... Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, the open beta did start up. I actually started to kind of get, try to register for the goddamn thing. It was too much of a pain in the ass and I gave up. <laughs> Vince, you actually got in though. Yeah, like with many open betas, the servers got absolutely annihilated as soon as they opened up for registration. It was delayed 24 hours because of some critical errors, so that didn't start off very well. I tried a little bit Wednesday night to uh, sign up, and that was epic failure, but I wake up at 6 in the morning. So Thursday morning, I hopped on real quick, got my beta key, and started the ever-so-fun installation process. Now, Final Fantasy XI had one of probably the worst updaters I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, you're being generous. And I'm saying had because it doesn't anymore. Because as jacked up and stupid as it was, it worked. Final Fantasy 14's updater doesn't even bloody work. It refuses, absolutely refuses to download files. It'll say you have 50 connections established because, you know, it's a peer-to-peer service. Downloading at zero kilobytes per second. If it wasn't for third-party websites and BitTorrent, I would not be playing this game at all because it just flat out doesn't install. <laughs> but okay, 
finally got the stupid thing going. I didn't jump in until Sunday night because I didn't have time, but I spent a good, uh, I'd say about three, four hours with it last night. And I got to say, the core gameplay is actually kind of good. The questing and the storyline is very immersive. All the conversations with the NPCs, they even have their own little cutscenes, which for someone like me is awesome, but the people that like to just skip through the quest text probably wouldn't like. I can't say much for the combat because working my way through the starting quest line so far, I fought a grand total of seven enemies, three rats and four mosquitoes. Um, but it's just all the functional stuff that that's holding it back. The UI is just painful. The menu system, it took me a good 20 minutes just to figure out how to equip my new combat skills. Couldn't figure out how to do it. I'm looking at the player guide online. I was all over the place. I just could not equip my new skills until I realized there's a drop down menu in addition to the regular screen and the sub screen that I needed to use. The controls are painful. Uh, the mouse just doesn't respond. So using a key traditional keyboard mouse is almost impossible. You have to use a funky two handed keyboard setup to move your character and move your camera at the same time. And that's, that's even worse because <laughs> in it, when you're in the third person view mode, you can't spin your character. It's just strafing. When you're in first person, you can spin left and right. But when you're in third person, you can only strafe, which is fine if the mouse controls work. But since the mouse controls don't work, even running down the freaking street becomes an exercise because you just can't turn the damn corners. And then there's the bloody town. I started off in uh, Limsa, Lominsa, which was the town that was available in the closed beta. They have since opened up the other two towns for the open. But I decided to start here because, A, it was probably going to be the least crowded of the bunch since it was the one previously available. And, B, it just seemed to you know be a good fit for my Seawolf character that I was working on. Oh, and this, this town makes me wish that I was in Undercity or Thunder Bluff. <laughs> which is saying a lot because this town is just a disaster of the two two hours that I was working on the main quest line last night. It was all running around this bloody town, getting lost and trying to trying to figure out the map and figure out where the heck I'm going. I mean, I, I'm going to be writing several articles about this for the site. But to sum it up, like I said, the the core gameplay experience, the story and the questing so far, I'm enjoying. It's just actually the experience to get there is at this point, I'm just going to say it's broken for me. I have a lot of friends that have actually uh, gotten in and started playing and I'd like to quote my friend Shane. Um, I get a message from him today. Dear Lord, this game needs a pan and zoom for the camera. Like I need a blow job. And I, <laughs> And having my minor interaction with this game, I agree totally. Um, I'm starting to refer to the game right now in its beta phase as the pain train, uh, because every time you do something new or find something new, it does nothing but cause you immeasurable pain. Like you said, the whole uh, turning around, the whole difference between strafing and turning and pivoting and the UI being as well, what's non-intuitive as it could possibly get. I mean, Pretty sure, like, unless they put, like, an, an anathame where you had to stab your hand and jack into the computer and try to control it neurally or something, might have been easier than what they've actually placed in so far. I mean, it's awful. Awful. All right. And then just uh, one more thing I forgot to touch on is the actual system requirements itself. As we've discussed previously, oh, God. they're pretty steep. 
Now, my computer is by no means a great computer. The computer I'm playing this game on was able to run Ion at about medium high settings. I'm running StarCraft II at high settings with the shaders turned down, but high nonetheless. And I can run those games perfectly fine with all kinds of stuff going on on the screen at the same time and still have a good frame rate. In Final Fantasy XIV, I have this game set to the absolute minimum possible settings. I have turned off every little graphical detail option, and just standing in town, the game is running at 12 frames per second. Uh, no, thank I, you. Yeah, I've had the same problem. It, when I was playing before, um, I have my system has 12 gigs of DDR3, has a top-of-the-line i7 processor, tons it, it's running dual 260 gts overclocked i mean the thing is a beast it can handle everything i pl every game i play is at maximum settings and it chews it up and spits it out as if it was nobody's business final fantasy 14 comes along and my computer goes i have a sad and it just stops it just it just really i can hear the thing crying like it's just like really really you what you want me to do what this is this is low it's it's kind of awful. It's a pretty game. Don't get me wrong. It's really pretty if you stand around and do nothing. But there's so much rubber banding based purely on graphical. Uh, well, we'll call it bullshit because it is definitely graphical bullshit. The requirements for this are just stupendously annoying and it just ruins the experience. Yeah, and I think it's funny that they were kind of calling out Sony saying the reason that the PS3 version is so delayed from the PC version is that the PS3 just doesn't have enough memory. And granted, uh, many developers have said that the PS3 is much more difficult to develop for than its contemporaries. But at this point, I don't think it's a problem with PS3. I think it's a problem with Square just not knowing how to make the freaking game right. Well, to, to, to go with the square thing, it's a square peg in a round hole. They, they need to make it fit, not the other way around. Yeah. So from Final Fantasy XIV and the news of the beta, we got some news from PAX. Uh, particularly, uh, and one of most interesting note to me, uh, was the boys from Terra were on site in PAX with a playable version of their game. Not just the beginning levels like that we've seen be released, but we are talking about later on, like level 16 up in these different areas. And it was very interesting to hear from people who actually got to be on site, who actually got to play the game, their interactions on it. Now, if you go to bow down to us, uh, you will see that I've written up a review of people's reaction to this game. It's it's short, but it's very telling. And the big thing that everybody had to talk about was the combat system. The combat system is ridiculous. And to quote some of my friends, ranged, I have to actually do something. I actually have to aim. I don't just sit there and spam buttons. This isn't Marogar anymore. I actually have to try to be attentive. And it creates this whole interesting dynamic. And I thought that was really nice because one thing we've all, I think, become a little bit complacent on uh, is the games we play. We hit a button. Something happens. We don't have to aim. We don't have to dodge. We don't have to do anything. Well, Terra makes you absolutely makes you have to be part of combat, part of what's going on. You are participating. And that level of interaction with your character draws you a little bit further into the game. Uh, it just literally, it blows people away. And it was blowing people away with everything. Uh, another thing that people were really taken back by uh, was how the mobs interact with you. When you first start playing the game, the mobs will start telegraphing their moves. They're inexperienced, they're low-level mobs, they're dregs. So you know when they're about to hit something so you can have an easier time tossing up your shield or dodging out of the uh, dodging out of the way. Great. Okay, you kind of get an idea for the combat system that way, right? So then as you level, as the mobs become higher level, 
they stop telegraphing so much. They don't tell you exactly what they're going to do by their actions. They're not going to super saiyan charge up and then like blast you with a fireball. No, that fireball is just coming out of nowhere. So you are forced to react quicker and quicker and quicker and more intuitively, which then forces you to learn how to play the character. So, I mean, that's awesome. That's way awesome. And that in and of itself is worth it because you, you, you go into, you know, Goldshire and you go and face the cobalt. The cobalt's going to do the same thing. Well, here, that cobalt may just eat your damn face. Yeah, like it's like we saw in the um, that high level gameplay trailer from I think it was E3, how that super gigantic centaur thing had his kill you all right now move. And the only tell mm -hmm. was that tiny little stamp of his feet. He didn't rear back. He didn't start glowing. You know, it was just it, you really, really have to be on your game, which is I love it. And it, I absolutely adore it. And I think one of the cool things that I love about this is the excitement of the developers too. The, the guys that do the writing, the guys that are doing the coding are so excited about it. Just so that the folks know as well too, we are going to have some of the fine Terra folks back on the podcast again. And that's actually going to be this week. They're going to be sitting down with us on Thursday and we're going to have a fantastic interview. This should be Noonan, as well as some of the other writers, and then I will try my best to have the podcast out either on Friday or on Saturday. But I'm going to try my best to have it out on Friday for everybody. And they, that would, I should also say that uh, Tart did get to meet with them, and uh, when she asked them about being on the show again, they were all very excited. So yes, we do have some love from them, which is good. I like those guys; they're yeah. fun. Absolutely, that was that was my first interview, and I can't see anything topping that one. That was so great. Well, and one thing, but just just to kind of go on that, what I was originally going to say is what you really get from talking to these guys is just their enthusiasm for the project. I mean, this isn't like a lot of times they try to bring over MMOs from an Asian market to a U.S. market, and it's all just trying to adapt what's already there. They're ripping this thing apart and building it from the ground up, and they're doing it on two fronts. This is no small task, and they're approaching it like most game developers should. They're doing it as a labor of love. You know, they're really into this, and that's what they got when they were talking about um uh, roger's got me all distracted <laughs> now but you you, 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 you you know they talk about people walking away from it and they were just really excited by the look on people's faces the chatter that they were getting you know they were people were so excited about the game and that really like rejuvenated them yeah, and I mean, we saw at E3, Terra had a good showing there, but it was really overshadowed by some of the bigger ones like uh, the Old Republic and Champions Online and what have you. But while the Old Republic did make a small showing here, I mean, this was pretty much Terra's show from what I've seen. There was very little other MMO talk coming out of PAX. They uh, they got best in show at PAX. They were that they were declared best in show at PAX. I'll take that. And this is and this is over something we're going to be talking about again a little bit later, but over an announcement of something that's been anticipated for 13 damn years. So. <laughs> so moving along from there, uh, we also got a glimpse of the the new Epic Mickey trailer, part two of it. Uh, so, Roger, if you're running the if you're still at the sea, if you mind tossing that up on the screen, that'd be awesome. Thank you, sir. Um, Vince, did you get a chance to look at it? Yeah, and the, the the thing was freaking terrifying. I, I I was starting to feel really bad for Mickey at one point <laughs> with all the, the the chainsaws and the knives and everything they were throwing at him. I was like, man, if I was a you know a little six year old kid playing a Mickey Mouse game, I'd be wetting my pants right now. As it is, I wet my pants at least once a week. 
Well, that's true, but your incontinence is no means for judging a good game. But still, I mean, it's just the the whole the the trailer for it is just it it draws you in and it shows you exactly what they're doing with it. Now, Mickey's one of those characters that you always thought sunshine, happiness, lollipops, roses, whatever. You know, he's the happy moment of your childhood. But what happens when Mickey has fucked up so epically that he's created his own worst nightmare? Well, now we're starting to see it. We're starting to see what happens in the scenario. And it's not a happy, fuzzy world. It's not a small world after all where all the little minority kids are saying yay we're good no this is chainsaws and knives flying through the air saying fuck you i'm going to kill you i don't care if you're a cartoon mouse you're gonna die and it's just it's interesting to see that sort of level of uh, of darkness that level of adultness put into the game and even with the even with the comic swiss army knife with the the eyeball at the end of it which you up soon in the trailer here it just it has this level of menace this absolute level of menace that is just phenomenal and it's Gladys. Come uh, on, how can you yes. not look at that and think Gladys? I, I didn't Gladys. at first, but now that you've said it, I can't help but see it as such. So, I mean, this is one of those games where I'm really looking forward to um, just because it's going to take something from my childhood and put such a twist on it and do it in such a way that it's just absolutely phenomenal looking. I mean, and hell, I, I'm terrified of plungers now. I really am. I really this this trailer has made me fear plungers. But you don't have a heart. I think you're safe. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But no, I mean, I mean, what do you guys think? Is this something you really want to see? This is something. How big are you looking for? How much are you looking forward to it? Scale one to ten. Uh, I I would say seven, only because it's a Wii game, and I'm I'm not crazy about the Wii as a whole. But con- conceptually, yeah, I I think it's freaking great. I'm actually looking forward to it quite a bit. I um, I am concerned in terms of the graphics. It's all well and good to play it cinematically like this and it look awesome. But on the big screen, a lot of the Wii games still look like crap. So I'm very concerned with what it's going to look like. But if it can look good and if the... And if the play style is good as well and not just gimmicky, then yeah, it'll be... It, I, I am looking forward to playing this. I think visually, though, it, it's got something very important going for it. And we, we've seen this with, well, is or recently as Torchlight. It's cel-shaded graphics, and it's not something that's going to be overly taxing on a processor. We saw how good uh, Torchlight looked on just netbooks and because of that, that that very unique art style. Well, this is that art style personified for all intents and purposes. You're playing a cartoon. You're playing an animated game, and you're doing it without them trying to add that level of realism that just doesn't work on a Wii. However, you look at some of the games on the Wii that looked absolutely fantastic, uh, Like the, and I hate to say it because the game really irritated me, but the the rabid rabbits one looked phenomenal on a big screen because it was all cell shaded and it looked very nice. It looked very good, had no like clipping or frame rate issues. So you're looking at this and they're doing that same type of technology, the same type of animation. And I think it has the potential to be absolutely phenomenal and a phenomenal game for the Wii. So, I mean, moving around along, unless you guys have anything else to say about that. Uh, we also got some news about Portal 2. Uh, a new PAX video and screenshots have come out regarding the co-op play. So, Vince, what do you think? I cannot, cannot wait for this. I, it's just so freaking cool, that, especially now that they said that the co-op campaign is going to equal the single-player campaign, which in and of itself is twice the length of the original. So that's 
really cool that we're going to get a lot of gameplay and just seeing some of the puzzles that they put you through. I mean, even at the early level, like you need to work together. I think it's cool that they added in uh, the communication methods because let's face it, most people who play games online still don't have freaking headsets at this point. And like, like I've said previously, a lot of my friends aren't the brightest. So being able to put a big glowy shoot your portal here sign on the wall is going to be very helpful uh i just it just seems so cool and of course robot hugs <laughs> robot hugs scared robot, robot hugs. hugs yeah honestly the game just looks absolutely fun and it just seems like it's going to be a hilarious thing to do with your friends too and one thing that i really want to see for it and i know roger's waiting for this as well is move support if this thing has move support that will cement the fact that I, I, I agree with Roger that it will cement the fact that I will buy this for the PS3 and Tart will never get rid of me no matter where she is. But I will I will have the move. I will have this game and I will have it on the PS3. Yeah, for some reason, like I, I'm sure they could make it work somehow with the Connect as well. But for some reason, I can see this working so well with the move. And like one of the things that I didn't like about playing Portal 1 on um, the 360 was I didn't like the I didn't like the controls in terms of setting up your portal because I played it already on um, on uh, PC and I love the flexibility on the PC of setting up your portals and all that. So this here, if they can set it up though, wherein you're using the move instead, that would be phenomenal and it would kind of it would immerse you more into the game. I think so too, especially a game like this. It would do really well um, with move support. It would be a great game to showcase it. If nothing else, the IP it's, the IP itself is fantastic. Uh, it's a fun system, uh, and it just the way that the screen is set up, the way that everything is working, the way the interface is, really does lend itself well to it. And I would love to see move support on this. I absolutely would love to see move support on this. Yeah, I'm I'm still not big on the whole uh, motion control thing, so I can live without the move support, but everything else right behind you. So moving right along from Portal 2, we got a little more news on Borderlands. Uh, Borderlands will be releasing a free update. Vince? And yeah, we saw that the free update is going to be coming October 12th, and it takes all of the goodies, at least all the goodies that we uh, saw previously, and adds some of them back into the core game, getting ready for the uh, Claptrap Revolution patch. And as they're raising the level cap to, uh, I forget what they said, was it, uh, oh, yeah, of course, they're raising it to level 69. Why not? Yeah. Why not? And, and balancing out the entire original game around that level 69. And... Well, I never quite played through the game enough to get there. We know that the great game got pretty freaking hard when you were on your second playthrough fighting level 50 enemies. I can only imagine what it's going to be like when you're fighting level 70 enemies. But again, absolutely free. Um, I'm still a little uh, unsure how they're going to do it because uh, Microsoft at least is famous for having their title updates take forever to go through. So unless they're pushing this through quite a while ago, I'm not sure if it's going to be October 12th on all the platforms, but that's so what far they said. October 12th. Yeah. That's what they said. October 12th on all platforms. The other thing to keep in mind with this too, and I did some digging around to see if there was like an official word on this before putting the post up on the site, but I couldn't find anything is that they were having a hard time determining whether or not this was going to mean 69 for everyone or 69 for anybody who has general knocks which adds those 11 levels and the impression that 
everybody had was that you're only going to be 69 if you had Nox. However, if you don't have the DLC, then you're looking at 58 as your max. Well, it depends on the uh, the Game of the Year edition. What I got out of it is I'll have everything, which makes me happy. Because, yeah, I, I'm, I'm starting to enjoy Borderlands again. I don't know if I told you boys, and it's starting to scare me. Because I wanted to get back into it and get ready for... Uh, uh, get ready for the uh, the new DLC Claptrap. for Claptrap because it's fucking Claptrap and there's no way in hell I'm not playing that game. Um, and I'm starting to enjoy it again. Like I, I'm, I'm playing by myself and I'm really enjoying it. And I kind of want to have the Game of the Year edition just have everything thrown into it. Yeah, I actually, I'm really looking forward to this as well too. Granted, um, like the update's not going to mean quite as much to me. I just want that DLC, but being able to level even higher, it is going to be, give you a lot more flexibility in terms of your builds and whatnot. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm really want to get back into this seriously so that when the new robot revolution comes out, I can dive in and have a blast. Oh yeah. It's, it's going to be pretty awesome. Um, I can't wait. And then from... Borderlands, unless Vince, you have anything to add to it? No, no, go right. I was just agreeing. Uh, we're going to go to a game I think that Vince might be looking forward to quite a bit Death Spank Thongs of Virtue. Absolutely. The only thing I hate about this is it's coming out the week after Halo Reach. So I have to try and find some time to squeeze in some Death Spank. And now that I've said that out loud, that sounded really bad, but we're going <laughs> yeah, to go with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Death Spank. Thongs of Virtue is spinning right out of the ending for Death Bank. And like we discussed previously, uh, Death Bank is in this more modern setting, shows him in like a World War II, and he has to track down the owners of the other five Thongs of Virtue. Death Bank is the owner of the Thong of Justice. They showed uh, compassion, courage. I forget all the others. It's the Triforce. Let's just go with that. Yeah. And one of which is Santa Claus. Santa Claus has one of the thongs of virtue and it has turned evil because of it. Yeah, I, I really want to play this because the first game was freaking hilarious with the writing and the dialogue. And this one just seems to be taking it to the absolute next level, uh, adding on more gameplay. They said the game itself is going to be bigger than the first one. And the first one was well worth 15 bucks, in my opinion. So the second one darn sure would be. And it's just so much fun you look at this guy running through wrecking everything they're showing a, a stronger uh influence on the strategics of the combat not just running through and whacking everything with your sword which again sounds bad but yeah we're that's, we're just... <laughs> <laughs> and, and hopefully with it being in the more modern setting we're going to get more of an emphasis on the ranged gameplay because that was my biggest weakness with the original one was you had this crossbow could do some cool stuff with the crossbow and you only got like three of them throughout the entire game so most of the time your ranged attacks were pitiful compared to your melee attacks so hopefully we can get some guns i think i saw him with a chainsaw in there somewhere get some nice uh, evil dead action going on and sailing in a pirate ship <laughs> i mean this is the type of game that that the PlayStation Network and Xbox Live was really made for. You know, it seems low budget, but it's just so fun and it's got so much depth in such a small package that you just can't help but love it. Like I played the first, I got the death, the first game, Death Spank, uh, after glowing recommendation from you, Vince, and I absolutely adore the game. And it is. And as uh, Chaos Legion said in the chat, it's Diablo meets Monkey Island, but it's just 
it sounds like that would be a bad thing, but it's so much fun and it's so addicting. And I would have to say that if I had to combine it with one other thing, I would say Diablo meets Monkey Island meets the tick because yes. there are just some things that he says that I could just see, you know, the tick saying. And like half the time when I was running into battle, me, myself, I'm screaming spoon at the top of my lungs as I'm running and trying to kill some undead. So, I mean, it's it's just it's so much fun. Absolutely. And, and I can't wait for the second one. I will be picking up the second one and I will be playing it. Yeah, I actually had to look it up online to make sure it wasn't the same voice actor from the tick, <laughs> <laughs> which would have been awesome if it was. Yeah. So from Death Spank, uh, we also got uh, some news on a game, like we said, that was coming out for about 13 years now. Duke Nukem Forever was actually announced for realsies this time at PAX. Gearbox Entertainment looks like they have picked up to finish development on uh, Duke Nukem Forever. Now, we're not just talking about kind of picked it up. We're talking picked it up, got their hands on it, and made a playable version of it for PAX. So... Not just that, they actually bought the entire IP. Well, there's there's actually still some legal stuff in there, which I'm going to post about later. But um, they have tried to gain the entire IP. It's still being done by 2K. Uh, 2K is still the, the quote-unquote producer. Gearbox is going to be the developer. Um, so, But that's it's awesome because Duke Nukem was one of those games when you were a kid. You know, you're 15, 14, 13 when it came out, whatever, or slightly older in college years, whatever. It just took you by storm because of the crassness. It took you by the one-liners, the fact that you could go into a strip joint and rip off, you know, stripper tops and piss in toilets, bash the toilets, bash the sink, uh, all sorts of random interactions with the world. And it was one of the first games that really allowed third-party developers to create add-ons for commercial release. And that's... I'll be I'll be going into detail about that for the site later, but it's very important to note that there are still aren't very many games out there that allow add on packs, complete and total expansions that are made by third party developers for their product when it's already been produced for retail sale. And that that was a huge thing because we're talking like literally the first game had like three or four hundred commercially available user levels that were created by users, by developers for use. Now. When it was announced in 1997, wow. I know I went. Yes, <laughs> I know. Seems old, doesn't it? The sequel, when it was announced in 1997, had everybody foaming at the mouth. We wanted our next, our next injection of Duke, you know, and and it just kind of snowballed from there. Every now and then, over the course of 13 years, we got little snippets, little voice clips, little little screenshots, even some trailers, you know. But ultimately, the developers went under. I, I, the 3D realms couldn't do anymore. They were out of money. They had to disperse into the three wins. Now comes in Gearbox to say, fuck this. We don't want this to die. It's time to make Duke. They sweep in, offer to, put, offer to finish the game, make it a nice tight package and push it out. We may see this as early as next year, folks. 2000, 2011 may be the year of Duke Nukem forever. I can't fucking wait. Vince? <laughs> Hail to the king, baby. Hell yes. I I I was literally jumping up and down when I saw this come across Twitter while I was at work. And it, it, it's it's funny, though, how there's such a generational gap when it comes to Duke, because I know how old I was 13 years ago. And that was the prime <laughs> of like my gaming renaissance, you know, had all those great PC games. I was playing Quake and Duke 3D and everything and i look at some of my friends who are even say two or three years younger than me and they were they're like 
12 at the time. They they weren't playing Duke 3D. So now 13 years later, when we're freaking out about Duke Nukem Forever, <laughs> they're like, so. <laughs> well, I just. Uh, I, I don't. I was, I, what's the big deal about Duke Nukem? They, uh, I'm like you. You don't understand. You weren't there. You don't own all those commercial third party packs <laughs> like I do. I must own several hundred Duke 3D mods just like you do. And oh, I, yeah. I have to. I have to find my freaking CD-ROM and reinstall the game now. See if it'll work. Even uh, it will run on Windows 7, by the way. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I think one of the coolest things, though, too, is some of the reaction from some of the other gamers that have been around as long as we have. One of my friends at work, I was like, Duke Nukem was actually announced. He's like, yeah, OK, so what? Because it was like one of the wrong, longest running jokes of the gaming industry. Duke Nukem forever, pure vaporware. Well, I can't wait till I'm holding that commercial box in my hand and waving it in his face because I will not download this, folks. I will not pay for a digital download of this game. I will own a physical copy because that is the only way you could actually play Duke Nukem will be to actually own the discs, hold it in your hands and say, yes, this takes me back to 1996 and say, yes, I'm still in the 90s. Fuck digital download. Give me my hard copy. And yes, that's going to be that awesome moment. I'm going to rub it in his face. I'm going to do, 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 look, do, do, do forever. Ha ha. You know, and I, I, I want it. I want it now. Screw the hard copy. I want the ultimate edition with the titanium steel case and the 12 yes. inch tall Duke Nukem statue with the strippers hanging off of his legs. <laughs> and bubblegum. Duke Nukem brand bubblegum. Yeah. <laughs> Roger, any thoughts on that? Actually, you know, it's funny because there is a generational gap between you guys and me and several of them even. And no, 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 no. Remember, line dog, (laughs) you don't need to kick it. Can't help it. Save them until next week. The thing is here now, again, and I've been gaming all along and whatnot, but there is a generational gap. Now, I'm not going to speak for everybody because I'm quite certain there's a lot of people who who might feel differently than I do. I'm not excited about this as you guys are because A, I think that it's been too long and B, by the time it came out and everything, I was past that pubescent period where playing a game where, you know, you're interacting with hookers mattered. You know, I was married and had kids and it wasn't that big a deal to be in a game and it wasn't all you know, had this came out when I was in my teens, yeah, sure, I would have cared a lot more about it. But in my, you know, late 20s, I really, it, it didn't speak to me nearly as much as it did everybody else. And the fact that, again, it's taken so long and it's been a joke, to me, it's still a joke. It's whether it comes out or not, now it's it's the Shatner of games. You know what I mean? It's the once it comes out, it's still Shatner and it's just not hopefully taking itself too seriously. Um, but it's it it doesn't work in my opinion. It's it's just it's been too long. And there has to be a point where if something's gone on that long kind of thing and it's 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 become the butt of jokes, then I don't know that it's worth actually making at that point. And I'm I'm probably going to be proved wrong, no doubt going to be proved wrong, and I'm certain that they're going to sell a crap load of copies. But for me, not I shouldn't speak for my generation because there's probably a lot of people who, again, would feel differently who are my age or even older. But for me, again, because of, you know, you're, you're, you're married in your late 20s, you have kids and everything else, playing a game where you're messing around with hookers does not, I, I could give a rat's ass. Well, so... 
it, there is a difference there in terms of expectations and excitement. This to me did not excite me at all. I thought it was interesting and it still is not happening. It still hasn't happened despite all the talk. We've heard talk for years kind of thing. So who knows if it'll ever actually still happen. There's time for things to change. I, I will say this comes at a very interesting point though, too. Um, and honestly, I understand what you're saying. I understand that it may have gone too long. It may have been something I should have left to the wayside and die. But at the same point, look how many years was between Starcraft one and Starcraft two. Yet we all got really excited about Starcraft two. I mean, if I could say one thing there, though, there's a difference in terms of the type of games those are. the 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 excitement for Starcraft was because it was a very good RTS game that was highly successful up until even now being played. Whereas Nukem, it was the uh, sensationalism of it that made it big, and that kind of thing tends to when you try to bring it back doesn't work because it was sensational and it's time for a reason doesn't mean that it's going to succeed now well the reason i'm sorry let me just real quick here the reason i think you're wrong is because there's been a resurgence in this type of entertainment um there has been a refocus on such wonderful titles as evil dead uh army of darkness and actors like bruce campbell uh there's been a resurgence in this type of thing including an a and and i don't know if this is still in production i'll have to do a little research but recently announced the next evil dead type movie uh starring an older bruce campbell in another setting uh we're talking about first person shooters on the rise again which literally was 13 years ago when they were really in their glory. We're talking about games like, uh, you know, Bioshock. We're talking about games like uh, Deus Ex, which, again, it was a large gap between the latest Deus Ex and the ones before it. First person shooters are starting to really come into their own again. They're starting to get this 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 another push, you know, and I have to say it, the 90s are making a comeback. The, the, the games from the 90s are starting to make this big push back into the mainstream. And I think Duke Nukem couldn't pick a better time to actually come out. And while some people may have actually wanted it to go away, there's that certain over-the-top sensationalism that we will all always love. There's a reason we like movies like Ninja Assassin. There's a reason we like movies uh, like Shoot 'em Up or like Machete. You know, we like these movies because they are over-top sensationalists. You know, they they just let us suspend all belief for a certain amount of time. Don't actually have to deal with anything realistically because you know somebody's throwing a machete five thousand yards at you know per perfect, perfect aim, dead center. You know, we just enjoy it. We actually just get into these moments. And I think Duke Nukem is going to represent that moment for a lot of us, not everybody, but I think it's going to be that over the top sensationalist game that we just enjoy. We've had too many games try to be realistic. We have too many games try to be gritty and political and in your face. And too many games are trying to be serious and intriguing and and, uh, to cause all sorts of social ramifications, morality. We just want, I mean, I think it's kind of perfect time when gamers can say, fuck morality. I'm just going to go blow up some big cops. Yeah, I did. That's almost exactly what I was going to say. Like, yeah, the strippers and the toilets and all that. That was an aspect of Duke 3D. And it was really one of the first games to let you interact with the game world beyond just shooting it. But it had that awareness to it. It didn't it never took itself that seriously. All of Duke's one liners are ripped off from movies. You have mm-hmm. Evil Dead. You have he uses a freaking Roddy Piper line from They Live. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> so taking that same concept of the B movie style video game and doing it big is great. I love terrible movies. I actually watched some of those freaking 
sci-fi channel Saturday night movies. I think Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus was a cinematic revolution. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love the cheesiness, the B movies, that style. And if they can take the same cultural awareness that Duke 3D showed and put it into Duke Nukem Forever, then it will definitely hit because it will not just be a game, a sequel game wise. It'll be a sequel thematically. And that's going to be important for me. This this will be our Godzilla of gaming. All right. On that note, we're actually going to stop talking about that. We're going to end the show on a little bit of wild cataclysm news that Joe has. Joe, I'll let you take it away. Well, we're talking about cinematic gaming experiences, right? And that really hasn't been something that's been synonymous with WoW for quite some time, if ever. We don't really get those moments where we can say, holy shit, this is actually cinema quality. Well, guess what, people? Now with Aldum open uh, and that level 8384 range where you can start going in this area, oh, congratulations. Guess what, folks? We have cinematic gaming moments in World of Warcraft. Now, I bring this up as important news because... I'm sitting there and I'm going into to Aldum and there's this huge sequence, this huge, this huge sequence of in-game scenery, not just done by like clips and stuff like that, but actually like coming over the mountain, zooming in on different bad guys, all sorts of strange events happening in a, what you would only say is something that somebody who actually went to cinema school has helped them prepare. And not only do you get it as you just enter in to Aldum with the quest line, but you also get the quests. Some of the quests will actually have you in these moments. And I'm going to give a spoiler right now. I'm going to mark this right now. If you don't want to be have anything ruined, stop listening for a couple seconds because I'm about to go on one of my awesome rants. You have this moment where Harrison Jones is looking for help trying to get into a tomb. Okay, your job is to circle the tomb, try to find a way in. And if not, you go back to Harrison Jones, who now has a rather large collection of explosives. So what happens? Something goes off. One of the camels freaks out, kicks over one of the uh, the fire pits, and all of a sudden you get a cinematic moment. And the cinematic moment is your character looking at it, freaking the shit out as his wick is burning slowly to the large pile of explosives. Harrison Jones says, quick, get into the chests. Both of your characters, oh. hold on, hold on, hold on. Both characters get into the chest. The Everything blows up. The chests are launched into the air into another section of the desert. <laughs> you, go, you climb out and Harrison jo- Jones goes, yeah, you'd really be surprised how often that actually works. <laughs> There's so much tongue-in-cheek humor poking fun in this entire zone of everything Indiana Jones. The only thing that's missing from this is, and, I, and if, if anybody from Blizzard is listening, please give me this. If you give me no other cookie, if you want to make your Spirit Link never happen, please give me this cookie. I want one that says, I want an achievement that says Mr. Jones and me. I seriously want that. I want my Indiana Jones mobile where it says Mr. Jones and me, since everybody calls me short round anyway. But it's just it's it's refreshing and it's refreshing to see all these different moments where like the the camera is panning. The camera is showing you different things, zooming in and you get the sense that the game is big again. You know, these these epic moments are just just so wonderfully put together sequences it's hard not to be you know it's hard not to be taken aback by them i'm in my glory in this i every time i log in i find something new and the game 
is still an early beta phase technically a lot more is going to be added sure some things are going to be taken out but i can't wait to see more of this stuff in other zones and i think that we are actually starting to see the stride where the game is becoming an actual game again for entertainment purposes not just for rank and file raiders we're talking you log in you just want to do some quests congratulations we are going to reward you with a ton of beautiful stuff just for doing some quests I'm looking forward to that, actually, because, again, I've been playing more and I am still finding the same kind of thing as before where I'm 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 looking forward to when these changes come about because of everything that I've been hearing about how great it's going to be, because it is still still so very stale at different points. So to to insert a lot of both lore and just plain fun inside of what is now quite boring at times. I'm all for that. So anyways, we're going to wrap up the show with that. I am going to try to have this one as well as last week's done and out this week as soon as possible. If not tomorrow, I'll be definitely on Wednesday, regardless of how I'm feeling. And with that, we're actually going to be talking to you guys next week. All I do is dream of Howdy, man. Hey, how's it going? Holy crap. Wait, you thought I was joking? No, but that's a little worse than I was expecting. God, you, you sound so bad, I'm afraid I'm going to get sick. It, it does go through the interwebs. <laughs> if you lick your upper lip and you can taste a little snot, that's my work. My handiwork reached you. I'd rather be tasting snot than something else. I don't have the energy, sorry. <laughs> So like a god. <laughs> uh, this I I cannot do. <laughs> that's your best, Godfather. Nah, no, nah, that's not my best. I've done better. I would, one would hope so. <laughs> that's that's freaking Vince's clock. We talked about that. <laughs> And before one of the comic episodes that we recorded, because it's like as soon as you stop ticking, talking, all years, tick, tick, and I was like, "What the crap is that?" And then whenever you're listening to, well, especially in the outtakes, like there's the pause before he starts, and all you hear is, tick, tick, and it's so ominous sounding. <laughs> wow, you sound yeah, awful, man. <laughs> He's trying. It's his voice. He has no control over it. <laughs> it never really changed during puberty. <laughs> do you know? Do you know how I know Rogers not not dead yet? Because he still finds time to take the jab. <clears throat> well, Tart said that it was pitiful that I hadn't yet. So fair enough. He's been saving up like the last three jokes to get that one out. And that's all I have energy for. <laughs> so you're safe for the rest of the night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, How's that different from any other week? Okay, once again, not needed. The dog is laying down. You don't need to kick it. <laughs> yeah, but with you with you not talking, that frees up, what, 45 minutes of the show? A lot of time, and especially since I haven't been drinking, too. There you go. That shuts this me up, basically. I know how to say my name at this point. That's it. I'm so excited about it. And speaking, speaking of which... About, oh, oh. I wasn't you, done yet, but go No, ahead. but you were cutting out... You, trust me, you'll see in the outtakes because this ain't going in the show. <laughs> Periodically, your voice cuts out and I have to edit it so that it sounds like you didn't. So Damn I apologize. It. Okay, I cut you off anyway, so might as well keep going.
Yeah, just to mess with you guys, I held the microphone up next to the clock. <laughs> if you'd like, I can move over and you can get the wonderful sound of the fan blowing into the microphone. This room is just a death trap for freaking podcast audio quality. How about as fancy as putting your pinky out when you drink something? I'm still trying to figure out why the freaking wireless suddenly dropped out on my laptop. Eh, because God hates you because you touch yourself at night. Not just at night. <laughs> Ah, oh, bueno.